0: Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, allergies, sensitivities, and autoimmune conditions. Join me for episode 18, where we talk about increasing energy and joy with Vani Tomlinson, nutritional therapy practitioner and massage therapist from Salt Lake City, Utah. We discuss the role of good fats in health and how to use them. Learn about her methods and how she's incorporated them into her practice with massage therapy. Stay with us until the end to hear her quick tip for increasing energy. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks to strengthen the systems of the body and address root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease, and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's talk to Vani. Well, welcome, Vani. So great to have you back on the show. I really enjoyed having you for the last episode, and in this episode, I'd love to talk to you about your practice specialty. So, can you tell me a little bit about the kinds of situations you like to deal with?
1: Oh, sure. Um, I think overall, it's funny. I I've gone many years trying to develop a specific niche, which uh, we've always been told helps us in our practice, but I. I just I specialize in helping people who feel tired, and moody, and run down. I work with people who hurt and live with chronic pain. I work with people who have difficulty concentrating. I work with people who are depressed and anxious. I work with people who are tired and people who have lost their desire for life and their joy. Um, and within that, I really work with people who are afraid to change and who are... Uh, dependent on eating a certain way and afraid to afraid of you know releasing certain foods from their life and so all of that all those people are tired and moody and run down so yeah I think it really it really hits it
0: yeah tell me a little bit about how you approach working with those kind of clients like how do you how do you start or how do you even begin your process with them
1: i think everyone has an underlying theme of systemic inflammation and mm-hmm. uh and along with that goes um some compromised gut health whether it's a lack of ability to digest their foods or inflammation in their gut that's leading to an imbalanced microbiome i think one of them. First things I love to do with people is to address um, inflammation so that they start feeling better and they start feeling better enough to make some of the changes I want them to make. I think as once people start feeling good, then they can start thinking about, okay, maybe I I do have a little bit more willpower. Um, Maybe I can change my diet you know maybe I can exercise more and if people are in a lot of pain it's like they don't they don't want to start moving it's it's hard for them and the way I would address inflammation immediately with people is to is to make some small changes get them off of that standard American diet and really put some anti-inflammatory fats into their system through diet and through supplementation that start to work immediately
0: Hmm. So, like, what kinds of things or what kind of regimens do you use?
1: I talk a lot to people about the health of their uh, cell membranes with... Um, inflammatory fats um, getting people off vegetable oils anything mm. hydrogenated obviously but, but there's a lot of fried foods that become hydrogenated um, I I put a lot of people on omega 3s um, resveratrol turmeric t- to, and glutathione to really start to hit the inflammation and, and get their liver to start waking up a little bit
0: yeah we see a lot of people with congested livers don't we
1: yeah, and just slow, slow. I mean, we all have so many things that we're trying to process through our body. And if we can control some of that through diet initially or first, then we're way better off, you know.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think the onslaught of toxins in our world is getting to, be, you know, it's at an all-time high. <laughs> the air, the water, the food, the just the uh, the Oh, yeah, our the plastics.
1: The, yeah. I mean, everything, you know.
0: Yeah, and I've I've heard somewhere that uh, even the even the best of us who you know are eating organic food and are very careful are still exposed to over a hundred pounds of toxins a year. So it's it's just something we can't get away from. Yeah, living yeah. in our world and and our poor liver has to deal with all of that, right?
1: Yeah, it's I mean anything we can do to support the liver detoxification system in. in Phase one and phase two, and then in phase three, in the gallbladder, just keep it open and get things moving. You know, it's everyone's gonna start to feel better.
0: Yeah. Do you have an example client that you can talk about?
1: My my most recent client is is definitely coming off of a standard, a real standard American diet, and he. He is Greek and a lot of Greek as a lot of Greek people I know for some reason they their families own restaurants around here and so they eat a lot of fried food mm. um, and they're used to eating out a lot and that's a big one to start addressing with people is how are you going to go about your trying to eat out less or what are you going to choose in the restaurant that's going to be different for you i mean it's it's a real stumper for him he and he fortunately has no appears to have no like attachment to food. He's not one of those clients that has to deal a lot with like emotional reasons they eat. He's he's more of the practical side. Like, okay, what do I do instead? How do I even fill my pantry? Like with a lot of clients, I spend a lot of time trying to help them get over there emotional hang-ups about it but with him it's more it's just here here's a list of food go shopping this is all the stuff you need to either throw away or give away and so it's fun to work with people who don't have who is just he's just kind of like black and white about it it's it's neat to see it's almost easier in some ways you know Mm
0: -hmm. so he's more pragmatic about yeah so he's open to um receiving the grocery list from you
1: yeah he's just blown away it's stuff it's brawl brown new to him I mean there's so many people who still have never heard that they shouldn't eat vegetable oil like he's one of those people who had no idea that he he thought he was eating a relatively healthy diet
0: so you've mentioned that a couple times now can we unpack that a little bit is sure. it, what, what is it about vegetable oils that's bad can they ever be
1: good well let's just talk about a balance of omega-3 to omega-6 in our Mm. body, Mm -hmm. like um, most of those vegetable oils are very high in omega-6s. We won't even talk yet about the the damaged uh, vegetable oil. It might already be in a damaged state just from how it's processed. But just in general, the omega-6 part of it is our body makes these... Um, molecules or substances called prostaglandins that help us stay anti-inflamed basically and we there are some omega-6s that are good but in our diet we have such a higher amount of omega-6s to omega-3s that the omega-6s become pro-inflammatory instead of anti-inflammatory and so we need the omega-3s to go up closer to a ratio of one to one or one to three. I mean, often it's a ratio of 21 to 20 to one, tw- you know, 20 omega six and only one omega three and or even higher. And so that's that's one of the reasons everyone's walking around so inflamed as the imbalance of fats in their body.
0: I think most Americans have heard by now that trans fats are no good for you so that, you know, that's like where their starting point. And so they really, they, they get that and they're trying, they're, they've heard about hydrogenated fats and they're trying to stay, you know, keep aware and vigilant about those sources of poor fats. But I think the whole, um, area of vegetable oils, people are still very confused about because we assume that vegetable oils are better for you. After all, they were basically created in the, what, 1970s. It was like the rise of the vegetable oil, um, sales, because they were this was the time of the um
1: the diet heart hypothesis
0: exactly thank you so much the diet heart hypothesis that was put forth saying that you know cardiovascular disease and the rise of strokes and heart attacks is related to eating too much animal fat right so we got to cut that out well what are we going to use instead Vegetable oil. Yeah. And the problem with vegetable oil is that it, it is a processed food. And like you said, high in omega-6s. Also, the way it's packaged, typically we buy vegetable oil in clear plastic bottles or very transparent plastic, bottle, plastic or glass bottles in the grocery store where it may have sat on the shelf for some time. And just the exposure to light, right? It's not yep. good for those oils.
1: Yeah, exactly. The light, oxygenization as well. And any heats too, they don't handle heat well.
0: Right, so, so a veg- vegetable oils are actually very delicate in their structure and they don't they don't um, withstand heat very well. So they're not great choices for cooking. Right. Sally Fallon has a great talk about this. I think it's called The Oiling of America. Do you remember,
1: Annie? Oh yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. about an
0: hour on YouTube, but yeah. it's fascinating. And she talks about you know the, the rise of vegetable oil and, 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 and um, the consummate health effects of it.
1: I mean, and yeah, I have found, I mean, it's very hard to get it 100% out of your diet, if, but the best way to do it is to stop buying food that's in a package. Any processed food, even healthy processed food, often has some forms of vegetable oil in them unless it specifically says it's made with olive, um, olive oil, avocado oil, or coconut oil.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are really surprised when we start talking about vegetable oils, and appropriate uses of vegetable oil and inappropriate uses of vegetable oil, and so right. forth. Um, so that can be very eye-opening, right there. And that's just one one tiny little topic, right, in nutritional therapy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But it's it's a big one. Right? I mean, I often start there with people. I mean, I obviously with refined foods and sugars, but. To me, the, the fat and the health of their cell membrane is so important if they want to start moving stuff through their body and start increasing their mitochondrial function and start waking up their cell receptors for hormones. And um, they need to change the composition of their cell membranes and lowering omega-6s and raising omega-3s is one of the best ways to do that it still can take, I mean, it can, well, I know it takes at least three months to get hydrogenated fats out of your cell membrane. So it can be, someone can, a client can come in and and I'll say, you know, you might actually not start feeling better for three months if it takes that long for the cell membranes to turn over,
0: you know? Well, and then I think earlier... I think in our previous podcast, you mentioned that you um, basically advise most of your clients to take omega-3s as a supplement, fish oil, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I do as well. I mean, there, you know, there's certain things that I think everyone should be on, (laughs) you know, a vitamin, a vitamin supplement, a mineral supplement, fiber, most of us aren't getting enough fiber and fish oil. Those are kind of like, for me, that's the foundation. That's where we start. Like pretty much everyone needs all of those things. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And so can you talk about what you recommend, uh, you know, for the listener who's now shocked <laughs> <laughs> to hear that vegetable oil is out of favor? What do you recommend as a substitute to your clients? Um,
1: oh, well, I mean, there's so, I can't even believe how much good stuff I keep hearing about olive oil. If you start reading about olive oil, it's, is so good for you. I mean, I there was one book I read. I think it's Max Lugavere in his book, Genius Foods. I read it a few months ago I was reading mm. and he he actually stated that a tablespoon of olive oil works just as well as one Advil for a headache. I mean, it just, when I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's unbelievable. It's, it's that anti-inflammatory. And wow. it's not just the... The fact that it's a monounsaturated oil, it has it's all the polyphenols in it. That, have, that it's it's just an amazing health food. You know, I I hear a few a few doctors out there saying, oh yeah, you should try to drink a liter of olive oil a week. It's it's that good for you. <laughs> so I encourage a lot of olive oil. I encourage avocado oil, and then some coconut oil. Coconut oil is good for cooking at higher temperatures because it can withstand some heat.
0: So olive oil is a vegetable oil though, right?
1: Well, I think olives are a fruit, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually. I mean, it's, they come, they grow on a tree. So in so, my mind, olive, olives are a fruit.
0: And so do you see it as being, um, uh, different, uh, in structure? I mean, is it, does it have fewer omega-6s than...
1: It has more omega nines too. Mm-hmm. It's because it's monounsaturated. A lot of those vegetable oils, like uh, soybean, canola, safflower, sunflower, they're more omega 6 pastes. Omega 6 looks so the polyunsaturated versus the monounsaturated fats. Okay.
0: So corn oil would be in there
1: yeah yes that. corn oil definitely and there are yeah. some good um, omega 6 oils i mean i know that hemp oil is a really good one a lot of people use walnut oil and macadamia nut oil but um small amounts you know we're not we're not pouring them into our uh, baked goods anymore and we're not we're definitely not eating fried foods that are fried in big vats of vegetable oil i mean we can't really even if we stop eating vegetable oils it's still hard to balance our omega-6 omega-3 ratio yeah because so many of the foods we eat even just nuts are higher in omega-6s as well yeah so yeah. that that's where the supplementing with omega-3s and eating more of the cold water fish becomes
0: really important and, you know. yeah so thanks yeah thanks I, I thought it was important that we clear that up <laughs> yeah um all right so uh do you have a quick tip for people who have issues similar to you know to the clients that you see
1: yeah i mean i was i i obviously is to start taking a look at the inflammation in the body and if if you could imagine yourself feeling better would it be easier to make some of these changes so maybe you do want to supplement with fish oil flaxseed oil um for a while in larger doses, not just the, the, I would double the dose, really, like in the beginning to to give yourself a push start, you know. So yeah, that's, that's definitely always one of my tips. And going back to what I was discussing on the last podcast is always about, um, starting to look at how many times you eat in a day rather than not not only what are you eating but how often are you eating and can you start to eat you know fewer meals and eat um in a shorter time window uh, throughout the whole day going back to intermittent fasting and time restricted eating i really i'm a really heavy believer in that
0: and so you're not talking about necessarily reducing calorie consumption correct
1: yeah, no, not necessarily calorie. That's a whole another window that we that I I get into with people um, later. But but first of all, it's just people who graze all day that you know they're gonna have a really hard time balancing their blood sugar. If you can learn how to eat. At, at least give yourself 12 hours off and then start to increase that to four, a 14 hour break, a 16 hour break, an 18 hour break and find, find a comfortable zone for yourself. We never wanna rush this process because coming from my own experience with insulin resistance, uh, blood sugar issues and insulin resistance makes it really hard to do intermittent fasting. And so I, I always have people slowly progress in this area, because it can cause a little stress to the body, and that stress is exactly what we're trying to avoid. Yeah. So, just starting to look at: Do you give yourself a twelve-hour break? Can you give yourself a fourteen-hour
0: break? I think those are really good things for people to think about and just um, and try out on themselves, even if they don't have the opportunity to work with a nutritional therapy practitioner. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, some some basic things that um, you can start working on, um, on your own. Once you, you know, once you become aware of the issues. Yes. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So tell me, you know, do you work with distance clients or? Yes, I do. I do?
1: I do. I do. I mean, most of my practice is in person. I, I'm coming from a massage therapy background. So I'm very used to one-on-one clients. Mm-hmm. I, um, I do have, I do see some clients online. I have some online programs that I talk with people by phone or by Skype um, as well, so I can do both. And it's, I find, both are great for me. I love doing both. (laughs) I have a three-month program that combines um, massage therapy and nutrition, and then I also have a three-month program that is only nutrition-based, and that can be all done online.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. So how should people reach you if they would like to learn more?
1: Um, well, they can go to my website. It's purehealthtransitions.com. Um, and then if I have a contact page on there. It's really easy to get a hold of me. There's a phone number on there. And then on, on Instagram, I'm purehealthtransitions as well. That's a good place to see. Oh, we never got a chance to talk about all my recipes that I create, but you'll see my Instagram account is full of uh, grain-free recipes. Um, grain-free breads. I bake a lot without eggs. And so one of my passions is actually creating recipes that are grain-free and egg-free oh. because I, I can't eat eggs. And so, and it's tricky. That's like one of the hardest things to do is bake without eggs and without grains. So it's I just love doing it. And so you got to check out my recipe page on Monica. I will. <laughs> you know, I have
0: a food blog myself, so. <laughs> oh,
1: how great. I didn't know that. I'm going to yeah. go look at yeah. yours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's called the fanciful fig. Um, I love it. Like, you know, similar to you, we've kind of had similar issues, I think, with our diets. And I haven't had to go egg-free. I tried it for a month when I went autoimmune paleo. But I have, you know, I started out gluten-free and then I went grain-free and paleo and then... So you you can see in my recipes, you know, this kind of transition.
1: <laughs> oh yeah! How uh, great! So did you have happy. that food blog before you came into nutritional therapy?
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, I've had it. Oh since my
1: gosh! I can't wait to see 2011,
0: it. 2011, maybe.
1: Yeah. Wow! You oh you might have more. You have a lot of more experience with actually the the website part of it than I do. <laughs> oh, I <don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hardest part is actually getting them onto my website.
0: So, you know, we had been talking about your example client, the Greek guy who Uh was very willing to take your grocery list and go home and restock his pantry. Um, What happened with that client? I mean, did he uh, follow your protocols and did you work together for a while? And like what kind of benefits did you notice or did he notice
1: Yeah, he's, he's still, he's, I haven't had him for super long, but he's like, he is amazing. He, he'll send me pictures of something at the store or something in his pantry and make sure it's okay. And he's learning how to read labels. He's starting to have a lot more energy. He actually was one of those, um, clients that was very, he's definitely very insulin resistant. And unfortunately his, his, one of the effects of his insulin resistance is that his, uh, the inflammation is causing his testosterone to convert to estrogen, which you see often in men, you know, in 40s, 50s, even younger. Um, so he's having some changes there. He's getting a lot of his stamina back. He's, his, and his, his body composition is changing. Um, and yeah, he has much more energy and he, he just feels, one of his biggest complaints was actually brain fog and that's
0: starting to change quite a bit for him. Oh, that's great. Well, it's, I wanted to make sure we kind of um,
1: yeah went back you. and yeah
0: finished the, talking yeah. about him because I wanted to hear you know sort of what kind of positive results you've been seeing with um, with that client. It's it's wonderful to work with a client over a period of time so you can really. Um, see the results and and see how they pick up on things and they start to learn and change their habits oh I'd love really. to
1: watch the habit change kind of set in stone yeah. you know and so whereas all of a sudden doesn't seem hard for them it's like becomes a part of their new lifestyle
0: yeah and so often when you teach one person one person a family they go home and they teach everyone else and so there's a really wonderful sort of ripple effect there too
1: yeah he has four kids so he's not doing it all at once like but he's slowly tr- it's trickling down so it's neat to see
0: that's great all right mm-hmm. well i've so enjoyed having you on the show again <laughs> Thank and you. great to have the um additional time with you thanks funny
1: yes of course at any time okay. it's my pleasure
0: Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. To learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast copyright 2019 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Ben